It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Before the Box Score, your preeminent preview podcast. I am Nate Edwards. Uh, vacation mode, Nate Edwards, coming to you from the East Coast for a little bit, but we are joined tonight um, by Zach Barry, managing editor of Red Cup Rebellion, and uh, someone who has intimate knowledge of the Ole Miss Rebels, who has decided to share his knowledge with us tonight. So, Zach, say hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> that's what Zach sounds like. Yeah, that's me. Um, this, this is fun. It's It's been a while. It's been... Six years since Ole Miss played Missouri, and then I guess it's, what, 13 since playing in Columbia. So this should be uh, this is a rarefied air. It is. So we played you all in Columbia when Ed O, Coach O, was still there. Mm-hmm. And then last time was with mm-hmm. – is that Bo Wallace in 13? It was. I was not there, but people say to this day that it was one of the coldest games they've ever <laughs> been to. I cannot attest it looked cold on TV for what that's worth. Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean we've we've obviously run into each other a couple of times. Uh, the, the Tigers and the Rebels have, but not as often as maybe either side wishes. But kind of looking at at Missouri as an SEC affiliate, it's been eight years. Um, what are your general thoughts about the Tigers and how we fit in? You know, I like it. We actually, full disclosure, recorded a podcast episode at our show podcast rebellion uh, you can find it all your podcast uh 
<laughs> needs uh, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, but we just did a show with uh, Bill C and talking to him before we started, and we were joking about Missouri and and, and being in the SEC. And I was like, "Hey, I was like, y'all are," because he said, "Oh, the you know." We talked about Rock M Nation. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a basketball site, isn't it? And, and I said, yeah, it was kind of a baseball site at one point last year, too. Um, so, I mean, I think it's a very well-rounded addition to the to the conference. Uh, football has been great. Won two East titles. Uh, Barry Odom's a fantastic coach. And then basketball has been uh, pretty solid. We had a nice run-in in the SEC tournament uh, back when Ole Miss won it. Uh, one on a floater, uh, thanks to one Derek Millinghouse. I don't mean to bring that up. I'm sure that that hurts, but um, but it's baseball's okay. been been uh been great. You've got the new left field lounge out there. I think uh, people are slowly buying into to Missouri baseball. I know that it's not great attendance, but uh, a program that has put out a lot of big name baseball players. Big, and I'm talking big name like Major League Baseball players. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a fantastic addition to the conference. It's, uh, it's a place that I have yet to travel to. Uh, I still got to check it off the list of, uh, SEC football stadiums. So I don't know when they're going to play again, but, uh, I won't be going this year, but, uh, hopefully I'll have a chance in the future. Um, so yeah, I think it's great. Yeah. Until we get out of these stupid division matchups, you know, hopefully you can visit before you die. Cause I think I, I don't, I don't yeah. know, like 2050 or something yeah, it's like weird. that. Yeah. Well, we are glad to be here, obviously. it's It's been fun in the SEC, and we like playing everybody in the SEC, including you guys. And obviously, our respective programs are, are kind of kind of similar. We, we both hired uh, alums of our, of uh-huh. our schools. Um, they both inherited a program. They were on staff before they became uh, the head coach, and they've obviously dealt with postseason bans in, in various, various parts of the year. Uh, the interesting thing about Ole Miss this year, coming into this year, was your coordinators. Uh, you hired Rich Rodriguez, who's been a head coach in a couple different stops, and you hired Mike McIntyre, who's been a head coach at San Jose State and recently at Colorado. Um, when you found out that these two guys were coming to your program, what were your what were your personal thoughts uh, on the hiring of these two gentlemen? So I think me, like everyone else, were, were extremely excited and anxious to see how this team would look in 2019, both former national coach of the year uh, award winners, Mike McIntyre won 10 games at Colorado, won the Pac-12, is it? Yeah. Pac-12 South. And then Rich Rod, obviously mm-hmm. basically the, the father of the zone read offense guy who basically started everything at West Virginia with Pat White and Steve Slayton, Noel Devine and those guys, and then carried it over. I uh, was briefly at Michigan, albeit it wasn't a, Fantastic showing uh, up in Ann Arbor, but <laughs> but he no. you know did some things here and there offensively. Denard Robinson was a national name for for a hot minute, and then went out to Arizona and did some similar things with the new Solomon and Khalil Tate and some of those guys. So I think people anticipated the offense to kind of be the bell cow, if you will, for this for this team, and it's actually been the complete opposite. Mike McIntyre's defense has been outstanding so far this year. They're 38th in, in SP mm-hmm. plus right now after six games. They're top 40 in sacks, tackles for loss, um, run defenses up there in the top 40. The, it's the the 
the offense has been a little anemic at times, but it's also been hindered by Matt Corral being out for a couple weeks with some bruised ribs. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knows the timeline on him coming back. Um, And then a guy like John Rice Plumley, a true freshman has come in and has been really dynamic and elite with his feet. And they've kind of found something on the ground. They run for 400 plus against Vandy last week. And um, now all of a sudden they're number two in the conference and, and running the football. So, We'll see if, if that maybe levels out. But for now, it's it, I think I speak for everyone that they were shocked that Mike McIntyre's unit was ahead of Rich Rodriguez just because of the, the cachet and the resumes coming in. Not that McIntyre is a slouch, but Rich Rod just has that name of, you know, big-time offensive guy. Mm-hmm. So um, long answer for a short question. I mean, I, I was very excited. I was – it was – refreshing for Matt Luke to kind of put the ego aside and just say, Hey, I just want to hire the the right guys and, and get them in here so we can win some football games. I thought that that was a sign of maturity for somebody that hasn't been a head coach too long. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how the rest of the season goes. It's kind of a fun chaos team where they're, they're not great and they're not awful. They're just kind of in the middle. And so a lot of free shots left on the schedule. So I'm excited, especially for this weekend on the road, big underdog. I'm excited to see how they perform. For sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, you, you mentioned your quarterbacks, Matt Corral, John Reese Plumley. I don't know. I, just kind of looking at performances, specifically offensive performances, it seems like Plumley has really, really brought a type of uh, a style to the, you know, the ground game, uh, a command of the rich rod style that, that really has led you guys, like you said, to explode for a lot of rushing yards. Uh, he seems to be kind of the starter going forward. I, I mean, is he? And is that a good thing? And then, you know, also, just what are the differences between the two guys? So, differences, first off, we can talk that first because it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, Matt Corral is a capable runner. He can, uh, he, and I will, I'll say he likes to run. I think he uh, he relishes the opportunity to get out in the open field and, and make a big play. He's a very competitive, fiery dude. I don't know if you saw last year in in the uh, Mississippi State game. He basically tried to fight their entire defense <laughs> when uh, somebody uh, uh, hit AJ Brown after the whistle. He was the first guy down there, so he's a very very intense guy. Um, but comparing him to Plumley with 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 running is is night and day. Uh, John Rice is a legit four four guy. He can really pick him up and put him down. He's got elite quickness and uh he's he's very elusive he's not big but uh he can really run it was surprising you know going into that alabama game i was kind of telling uh, you know friends that were asking you know what do you think of the game like, like what's going to be a win for you like what's positive that we can take from this and i was like look it, it was it was all kind of like let's just stay healthy let's not get blown out mm-hmm. and we'll regroup next week and man Plumley came out there and i mean old miss was up 10-7 in the first quarter all jokes aside, Ole Miss won the first quarter. Uh, Nick Saban can never take that back. Um, but uh, it was it was shocking to see somebody get to the edge and outrun Alabama like he did. Yeah. You don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. And you know, watching that game was kind of like, hey, you know, we we might have something here. Uh, it, it can be a little predictable at times. And I'm interested to see how Odom and the defense defends him this weekend. We haven't really seen a good defense go against him yet um, outside. I mean, outside of Alabama, sure. Um, they sure. just kind of, they just kind of played base and they were, they had a big enough lead. They didn't really care, but Vandy wasn't 
good enough or talented enough to spy him. They didn't have any speed. So I'm interested to see what Missouri does, especially without Garrett, their linebacker, mm-hmm. um, how they defend him. But in my opinion, in, or, in order for this Ole Miss offense to really perform at its highest level, they need Matt Corral at quarterback. Uh, he has the ability to really stretch the field. He's got elite arm talent. And I just you can't teach that. You, yeah. you can't. You can't work Plumley in the weight room and, and get him with reps out on the practice field to have the same arm talent as Matt Corral. That's just not going to happen. And I think you can still bring Plumley out there for packages because he can throw it. It's not an automatic run if you bring him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we jokingly on our site said that they should do some kind of two-quarterback, three-quarterback system oh, heck yeah. just to uh, have, them, have them all out on the field at the same time just to really play with some – some defensive coordinators minds, but the answer is you need Matt Corral healthy and you need him to be the quarterback because he gives you a little bit of both. He can still run it, but he can also throw it and get the receivers involved. Plumley still a freshman. You know, he's only played in a couple games. He's still a teenager. He's going to continue to mature and develop as a quarterback. But for now it's just been kind of a, you know, look one, maybe two progressions and then take off. Um, when you play defenses like Missouri and, LSU and Auburn uh, that's going to come back to get you because you're going to get caught you know maybe missing a guy downfield that was open or trying to take off and run and get tackled for a loss but yeah in my opinion I think you play them both if they're healthy but if you just have to pick one Matt Corral for me is the guy who really takes this offense to the next level I'm, I'm having visions of uh was it Louisiana Monroe in 2012? That's right. He played the, the double quarterback backfield like that. Oh. Yeah. The fun row offense. The fun row. That's right. That's right. Man, that would be yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I would love that. Um, our One of our guys at the site, Grayson Weary, he did a really good in-depth piece on that. And, you know, we, we kind of, when I pitched the idea to him and he was like, oh, man, I love that. Let me do it. And I was kind of joking, but then he – made a really nice case for it and looked into success of other teams doing it mm-hmm. and, you know talking about like chris leak tim tebow and, and things like that and um i don't hate the idea because if you if you don't use it too much the defense can still have to honor the run and the pass mm-hmm. um but yeah i love that idea and i just going back to Plumley, i mean you've i'm sure you've seen highlights of him the yeah. guy's just an elite athlete yeah. and he can you, you need guys like that on the field. Absolutely. You know, you, you mentioned your passing game. I was, I was, I was breaking down your guys' offense. And outside of Elijah Moore, who's got like 34% of your total targets, um, is there any receiver who is like reliable enough to go to the pass game? Or is it basically just, you know, read more and if he's covered, run? <laughs> well, Braylon Sanders was one of our returning guys this year. Him and Elijah Moore were the – the two basic guys to know in the receiver room, you lost AJ Brown, DK Metcalf and DeMarcus Lodge. Uh, three guys who all um, AJ and DK are still in the NFL. Lodge dealt with an injury, um, got cut, but he was a guy that played four years at Ole Miss and, and was phenomenal. So you lose those three big guys and, and literally and figuratively, they were big, big parts of your offense, but they were also big targets. Mm-hmm. Um, Sanders was a returning guy and he was really good last year, but he's been hampered by a hamstring injury that happened in week one. Mm. Um, For those of you that know hamstring injuries, it's basically, if it happens in week one, it's just going to happen week two, week three, week four. It's just, it's always going to be there. So he's been banged up, but honestly the, the true freshman um, 
kind of a theme for for the show here if you haven't picked it up man the, the true freshmen at Ole Miss have just had opportunities and and they've really kind of taken and taken it and run with it uh Jonathan Mingo is a name to know he's basically like a baby AJ Brown oh, uh, he's wearing the number one jersey and he's already 6'1 218 he's a big guy he's had some flashes here and there I think um he's somebody that Plumley or Corral or whoever's going to turn to if uh, Moore's covered up. And then you've got a couple speedsters, um, Dennis Jackson and Jaden Jackson, both guys that will primarily play in the slot, but they're fast, quick guys that I think Rich Rod would love to get them up the seam and stretching the defense a little. But outside of those, the only two consistently, I guess, consistent pass catchers Ontario Drummond's a JUCO transfer that's in his first year. He's done some things. And then uh, Demarcus Gregory, he's had back-to-back ACL injuries. So this is his Ooh. first year playing at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Um, shown some things here and there. He's a, he's a big guy. Him and Drummond are both big targets. But uh, I think he's – I honestly think he's still kind of probably around 90%, 95%. I don't think he's all the way back. But um, those are the guys. And then outside of receiver – Octavius Cooley, the big tight end, we like to call him the Coke machine. He's a big dude that can really move. He's <laughs> every bit of 275, and Ooh. he uh, put a couple Arkansas guys on some skates a couple weeks ago, and that was fun to see. But that's pretty much it. I mean, Moore is the guy. He is the guy that if you're Missouri, you have got to take him away um, to get rid of that passing game. But, yeah, that's pretty much the long and short of it there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of young guys – our first year guys on your and your skill positions on offense. Uh, so there's a lot of kind of new names that not only you guys are used getting used to, but, but the nation and SEC is getting used to. So, you know, you mentioned a couple of freshmen. What are some other like under the radar Ole Miss players that Missouri fans should look out for? So on defense, the, the theme of, of true freshmen continues last week, Deontre Prince and AJ Finley, both had their first ever SEC starts against Vandy. Both play corner, or I should say defensive back. Finley kind of rotates a little bit, safety corner. They played a lot and uh, had some growing pains here and there uh, with your typical freshman stuff, open field tackling. A couple missed assignments, but second half they made some adjustments and they were were able to have a better second half. I'm – intrigued slash terrified to see how they do this weekend with uh, Jonathan Nance, Jalen Knox, and Jonathan Johnson and and those guys. And I'm not even going to begin to try to say his last name, but the big tight end, the, <laughs> big, the big O. Is, yeah, that, that, that guy's a monster. I, I said how big Cooley is, and, and that guy is, is a freak. But they have a tall task ahead of them this weekend. If, if Kelly Bryant's 100% and he's cooking, it's going to be hard for them to uh, – to lock some of those guys down. But those are the guys on defense. Um, one other guy I'd throw out there, Lakia Henry, uh, Juco transfer linebacker. Uh, LSU and Texas really wanted him, and Ole Miss was able to sign him. He had 15 tackles last week. Wow. Um, nice. He's really starting to – yeah, that he's a monster. He's starting to – you know, the game I think is slowing down for him a little bit. Uh, typically, Juco guys take a year to get used to not only college football but SEC football. And – um he seems to be uh, really taking charge at the second level. Uh, I think McIntyre has been pleased with him, and then linebackers coach Jeff Koontz has been praising him uh, for the last couple of weeks. So those are the three guys on defense. It, 
I'll give you one on offense because I told you a bunch of new names. Snoop Connor's the guy on offense yeah, to Snoop. to know. He gets lost a little bit in that backfield with with the big uh you know Mr. Flash Jerry Neely, uh, probably the only guy who could beat Plumley in a foot race uh, on that football team. <laughs> um, true freshman, you know, big time baseball prospect. He comes to play running back. Turned down Clemson to come to Ole Miss, um, and I guess turned down Major League Baseball as well. But you know him and and Scotty Phillips, the starter. That they're kind of the known commodities. And Snoop, three star guy from in state you know, kind of signed late, you know, didn't really have any big offers mostly because he played quarterback in high school. Mm -hmm. So nobody really gave him a look because he, you know, wasn't really a running back in high school, but man, he has been one of the biggest surprises. And I would say pleasant surprises for Ole Miss. He's um, that, I think it was a 74 yard run last week. Um, just showed tremendous balance. He, he really had a burst to get through and then, he got out in the open field, and I was like, all right, this is good. We'll get a big first down, big play. And, man, he just hit a fifth or a sixth gear and just pulled away from those from the secondary. Mm -hmm. And I, I know it's Vandy, so it's not world-class <laughs> speed or anything over there. But, sure. I mean, it was impressive. Um, that's a guy that I would say to know. He, he runs extremely hard, and more times than not, he's falling forward for positive gains. Um, yeah, Snoop is, is a guy to know on offense for sure. Yeah, 5'10", 215. Yeah, that's a – that's a, one of the bigger running backs that you have. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a good usage. Glad, good to see that he's got a decent amount of speed as well, um, as good size. So, I guess, you know, looking at how Ole Miss has played this year, um, what does an Ole Miss win look like from a statistical perspective? Is it, you know, success on the ground, or is it going to come from something different? I think it's going to have to be on the ground, and I'm not sure if Matt Corral is going to play. Last week he was – still showing signs of, you know, being sore. He didn't play. Uh, he dressed out, and I think that was for emergency reasons. Um, still showing some soreness when he was warming up. He He's not 100%. I don't know. They, they've kept it pretty tight-lipped this week. I, I think he's been limited in practice. Um, but if Plumley's the guy and you go with him and only him, if Corral's not playing, I think they're going to have to have another – big week on the ground I don't I don't think they can run for 400 plus on this Missouri defense but it's going to have to be something like 180 to 200 plus to have a shot I and I think that doing that means that the offense was was cooking the way that Rich Rod wants it to and they were playing a little bit of keep away a little ball control keep Kelly Bryan on the bench um, I think that that's kind of what they're going to have to do um, defensively the run defense has been outstanding Past defense has been a bit of an adventure. Um, so along with running the football effectively, getting Plumley to the edge, getting those those guys that I mentioned, Ely, Connor, Phillips, they have got to run hard and run effectively. But then I also think you might have to turn over Kelly Bryant once or twice to uh, have a shot at winning this. Because I just think that the Tigers' offense is really good. I'm a big fan of Kelly Bryant. Uh, the, the Wyoming loss in week one was so so odd to me. Couldn't believe it, and they're kind of playing like I thought they would play now. Um, and this is a young Ole Miss team. They, they've got some upperclassmen in spots, but they're playing a ton, a ton of freshmen. So mm -hmm. it's a lot to ask to go on the road and play against a team that's now ranked in the top ten in Bill C's SP Plus rankings. It's a, it's a tall, it's a tall order. So um, yeah, if Ole Miss is going to win, they, they're going to have to run the football effectively and, and turn over Kelly Bryant. Okay, so along those lines. What does Missouri have to do against you guys to win? 
I mean, I think you just kind of have to do what you do. I think let <laughs> Kelly Bryant run, let him throw it around a little bit, and then, man, we, we've, we've gone almost 23 minutes and we haven't said a word about Larry Roundtree. That's right. Um, that guy's one of the best running backs in the conference. I'm a big fan of his. He, he he's an, I think he's an X factor on Saturday. I think a lot of uh, attention goes to Kelly Bryant, and for good reason, and, and the receiving core and Albert O, but – but Roundtree might be a, uh, a guy that kind of puts this game, um, you know, in the oven and just kind of lets it do its thing because he's he's a guy that can really you know extend drives, get those tough yards. If if Missouri's going to win, I mean, I just think that they're going to have to do what they do and just test Ole Miss through the air. the The pass defense is really bad. They uh, Mike McIntyre has said it on record several times. Um, and I guess he has no problem everybody knowing it, but he's basically said that you're not beating them on the ground. They're taking away the run game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll tip my cap to them because they've done it. They're, they're, you know, a top 40 run defense team right now. They're top 40 in SP plus, And um, that run defense is, has outweighed the pass defense and how bad it is to keep them in the top 40. Um, but, yeah, I just think Missouri wins with a big day from Kelly Bryant and maybe uh, – Knox and Nance and, and Johnson get behind the defense a couple times and uh, they just kind of put Ole Miss away with, with the passing game. That's that's kind of how I envision it happening. God, I'd love to see that, uh, especially if, if Bryant's got one good I leg. I would hate to see it, but <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I get you. <laughs> it's going to be interesting because we'll see how, how healthy Kelly Bryant is and, of course, how our defense reacts without um, our four-year senior captain, Kale Garrett, putting him in the right spot. So, uh, it'll yeah. be a very interesting matchup this week. But for, for you, because I'll give you a prediction, and again, I tell everybody, you're in Tiger territory. I understand if you want to play nice, but you can predict whatever you want. You can predict a final score, a stat line, a win, a loss, whatever you want. So what's your prediction for this game? So I never really wavered on the prediction per se, but just kind of thinking about how this game is going to go because we really don't know how Kelly Bryant's feeling. I think him playing changes things, and I think if he's 100%, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've said earlier, Ole Miss's secondary is the the clear weakness of the defense, and the Tigers are really good at receiver and quarterback. Um, I just think the Rebels and Rich Rod have found something on, on offense. I think that they've kind of got an identity now, running the football, uh, kind of a three-headed monster, and then letting Plumlee get out there and do his thing and create in space, but... I think with that and an improved defense, I still don't think it's going to be enough. But I think they find a way to cover. If uh, your sports book over there has got Ole Miss plus 11, I think they cover. I'm going to say Missouri 34, Ole Miss 24. Maybe Ole Miss scores a late one to maybe a little backdoor, backdoor cover action. Cover, yeah. But I, I, at home, I just think night game, I, I anticipate the crowd will be pretty – pretty good i think i haven't checked the weather forecast i'm assuming it's probably feeling nice there it's i'm here in nashville and it's been phenomenal the past couple days it's felt great but um yeah i just i think it'll be too much missouri too much kelly bryant um barry odom's defenses are always really talented especially up front and we haven't talked about it but Ole miss's offensive line is is very young um Ole miss relies on the on the uh the big play, they love explosive runs. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a big chunk plays, but if Missouri can put the clamps down early and take away the big play, then uh, I think Missouri can kind of run away with it. 
that's how you hurt our defense, big explosive runs. Um, that's that's something that we are a little bit allergic to. Uh, so if you guys can hit, then obviously it'll be a close game. But, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to this one. It'll be nice to play you guys again. Where are, where are you going to be watching? Do you watch at home? Do you go to a special place? What do you do? So typically I'll watch from home. I'll have multiple televisions to look at and, and kind of keep up with the comings and goings of the day might actually be an enemy territory and be watching it with a Mizzou alum. Oh. Um, have a, a friend here uh, in town and uh, she's a big fan, obviously. And uh, if they stay in town, she, she has been going back and forth on going to this game. Uh, shout out to uh, Megan Melly, big, uh, big J Mizzou grad, big journo. <laughs> nice. um, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, we're good friends with her and, and, uh, and she's been thinking about having a watch party, but she might go to Columbia for the game uh, to mm-hmm. to see it in person. But that's it's either going to be over at a at their house or at, I'll watch it at home. I typically watch them at home. I'm I'm a little bit of a uh, I stand when I watch football games, so it's kind of <laughs> weird to be around people when I do that. Do you stand and pace or just stand? Typically, just stand. I, I'm not a big pacer. I guess it'll depend on. Ask me what time. If it's fourth quarter and it's a one score game, I might be pacing. There you go. But typically, it's just uh, you know Jack Black School of Rock power stance, just uh, <laughs> yes. leg spread, just kind of standing there with a beverage in hand. Raise the goblet to the rock gods. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Very good. So yeah, it'll be fun either yeah. way. Yeah, it will be fun. Good to always play someone from the West. Good to see a new team here and there. Uh, best of luck to your guys. Quote unquote West. Yeah, the yeah the West. Whatever we. <laughs> whatever you guys the, are all the way over there in the East. Look, it's it's SEC geography. I don't I don't understand how we do this, but uh, yeah, it's it'll be good to play, guys. Uh, best of luck to you all in the future. Obviously, I hope uh, our guys, the good guys, win. But uh, I hope the game goes well for you all. Thank you for your time, Zach. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on, sir. Thank you, Nate. I appreciate it, man. And thank you, Tiger fans, for tuning in as well. We will see how we do this weekend. Hopefully it is a win for the good guys, but uh, now you know what to look out for. Uh, We'll be back next week with more Before the Box score. I will be better next time. Uh, Of course, until then, I'll see you.